Hello, and welcome to the You Go Girl podcast. My name is Erin Chapman, and I'll be your host as each week we interview a Canadian woman who has excelled in sport so she can share her story and inspire more girls and women to get up and get active. You Go Girl! Today on the You Go Girl podcast, we are talking to Nancy, who is an amazing race heroes edition contestant, a breast cancer survivor, and a Canadian barrel racer. Nancy, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I am super excited to be here. Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, had a few experiences in my life, and I'm hoping I can share them with others. I'm excited to hear about all of them. Before we jump into your sport, there's an interesting connection here with The Amazing Race Canada, because our first podcast interviewee, Mar, was on the same season as you. So can you talk about The Amazing Race Canada and being involved with different people from different sports? Oh, man, you know, the best part about The Amazing Race was actually the contestants that were on it. I enjoyed every one of them. They were all super genuine. They were all really super competitive. Um, Mar uh, was a, a, a dream. I really loved hanging out with her. Uh, so athletic. Uh, she could she could do anything and I'd call her the little twerp because she'd beat us old gals all the time. So no, I really, really, that was the best part of the amazing race were the people involved. Um, the cameraman and sound guys, they would carry like backpacks that were like 30 pounds uh, and they would pass us running. Like it was crazy how athletic they were. So um, no, there was super, super athletic people in that, in the amazing race, but the the best part was who they were and getting to know them. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a sport in itself just filming that show. Oh man, it was it was a blast. It was so fun. Yeah. All right. So now to get into your sport, can you tell me for someone who doesn't know much about it, what is barrel racing? So uh, essentially barrel racing is three barrels and who can go the fastest on their horse. So we've taught or trained our horse to go around three barrels that are set up in like a triangle pattern and we want to make a clover leaf uh, pattern around that those three barrels so you could go right uh, go to the right barrel first and make a right turn and then you go to the left barrel and you make two left turns one around the left barrel and then one around the top barrel was what we call the third barrel um, or you could go to the left barrel first and make two right turns, one, one around the second barrel and one uh, right turn around the third barrel and head home. And before we uh, get to our barrels, there is an electronic timer is what we would call it. And essentially it's a beam of light that goes across uh, just before we, we um, go to our first barrel and uh, that beam breaks and starts the time and so we make our run and then on our way home what we call home running from third barrel to the finish line is uh the beam is broken again that light beam and it stops the time so um the the object is to be as fast as you possibly can be as close to those barrels as you can without actually tipping a barrel over because once you tip a barrel over you add five seconds on to your time you get a penalty 
So you really uh, want to be nice and smooth, but yet you want to be fast, you know, as fast as you possibly, as that horse can go under control, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's barrel racing. How do you train for that either recreationally or competitively? Well, you know, I, I, I don't look at it as recreational or competitive because we're competitive no matter where we are, are running. So, uh, I want to, um, do the best job that I possibly can with this horse. So when I train him, uh, or her, I, I want her to like what she does. I want her to uh, do the best that she possibly can, but the only way I find is if they enjoy what they do. So I start them quite young, actually. I, I um, start probably as a three-year-old, my horses as, as they're three, um, and then slowly, just slowly uh, uh, show them the pattern, increase speed, do a lot of things out away from the barrels. I go out into the field and I ride out there, and if I see a rock, I'll go around a rock like I would a barrel. So, um, but when it comes to recreation and, com- and being competitive, they're essentially the same thing, um, but there's different levels. So for example, if when I first started, my dad would take me and my brothers to a roping club and we would learn, um, we would learn the basics at this roping club. First, we'd learn it at home, of course, but then we go to this roping club and compete against other kids that are about the same ability. Then we would go to um, amateur rodeo or a high school rodeo. And, and high school rodeo is kids that are in high school competing against each other. And sure, the abilities on some are are uh, a little bit more advanced than others, but we're all kind of in that same um, uh, level. We're all on that same level. So, um, and then uh, from amateur high school rodeo, I went to pro rodeo, so, or professional rodeo. So you compete against all age groups. Horses are all different ages, um, but, The only difference between an amateur and a professional to me is numbers. In professional, there's more better um, competitors. Like if you made a bobble in your run, you wouldn't be in the money. You wouldn't place. But in an amateur, um, there's they're the same ability. They're 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 as good as professional but there's just not as many of them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So uh, if you made a bobble or a little mistake in your run in a pattern, uh, if you went past your barrel astride, um, uh, you could probably still make a little bit of money or place. So that's kind of where, in my mind, amateur and professional are a little bit different. Not much because the ability is still there, but just the numbers. There's m- more uh, numbers in professional than there are in amateur. You said the word bobble a few times. Is that a term specifically related to barrel racing? I haven't heard it before. A bobble? Well, I don't know. I guess I use it. I, I, it's just like if you make a tiny little mistake. 
Uh, I don't want to call it a mistake because it's really a mistake or a misstep. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just like a little bobble, a little, I don't know, uh, cost you some time. Because really, it's all about the time, right? Uh, uh, it doesn't matter how pretty your run looks. It's, it's whoever is the fastest wins. Okay. So. And it seems like this was a family affair. I know your parents were also involved in barrel racing and rodeo. How important yeah. was it to you to have role models to look up to in sport, especially in your family? Well, I'll guarantee you, if it wasn't for my mom and dad, we definitely would not or I definitely would not be doing what I'm doing. Uh, my dad was a Canadian all-around champion, and my mom was Miss Rodeo Canada. So um, uh, that was a big deal in our family. We, I, I started to ride before I could walk. That's kind of how it is for us. And uh, my dad and mom uh, gave me the the love of rodeo, you know, they, they took us, it was a family affair. We, we all went, we had a camper and a, and a truck and a little two horse trailer. And we went down the road and, and yes, we, you know, all of us kids would fight in the back of the camper and my dad would have to stop and let my brothers get out and fight, you know, <laughs> for a little bit. And then we get on our way again. It, it was just a, a, a way of life. We didn't know anything different. And, um, and we get to the rodeo and our friends would be there. We couldn't wait to see our friends for the next weekend. You know, it was just, uh, uh, oh, it's just what we did. Yeah. It was fun. I love how sport kind of gave your family that excitement of doing things together and then going to the community at, at large. It's amazing what sport can do for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and because of that, I've got friends all over the country because of my dad rodeoing, essentially, you know, all those friends are still my friends today. That's amazing. Uh, how did they get into the sport? Was it something generationally or were they the uh, ones? Yes. Yes. So both, both my parents grew up on a farming ranching community of as most out West people have, right? And um, back in the day, uh, my, my grandpa, so my dad's dad, came from Czechoslovakia. So uh, rodeo was not, uh, not, not an important thing. Working was an important thing because you had to survive. That's how you survived. So you didn't play much. Um, but my dad had a neighbor who was a cowboy. And my dad wanted to be a cowboy, and he kind of took him under his wing. And, uh, oh, I can remember my uncle, my dad's brother being so mad because this is a story my dad tells, told me that my uncle would be so mad because he'd be stuck on the farm working where my dad is off rodeoing and playing the cowboy role. Right. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it was for my dad. He got into it, but then he had a love for horses too. And so, um, I remember one horse he had was kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a rebel, but kind of uh, not the easiest horse to train. And he, we lived close to the coolies, so these hills, and he would ride in those hills all day long just to get this horse to um, 
uh, relax. He was kind of on edge all the time, this horse, and uh, wouldn't really listen and just wanted to run and, you know, that kind of deal. And, and he would spend the time with this horse. And he was my dad's favorite horse at the end. He loved Old Baldy is what we called him, Old Baldy. He used to run or walk around our yard free and eat as much grass as he wanted when he retired. That's how we treated him. He was, he was the king of the castle at our place. So. I love that bond between an animal and a person while also coming together through activity, because obviously the sports I do don't involve animals. So it's great yeah. to hear that connection is strong. Yeah. You know, honestly, our horses um, and cattle, because in some rodeo events, there's cattle involved, but our, like, uh, our horses are the most important part of the equation. Um, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be where we are. And, and, and honestly, they, um, are treated better than we treat our kids. Like my horses get fed before my daughter gets fed. So, um, and probably, um, might get fed better, you know, like whole grain oats, uh, good quality, um, alfalfa hay, um, alfalfa grass hay, um, what else? Supplements. I put supplements in their grain, vitamins, minerals, uh, joint supplements. Um, they get uh, fat, uh, flax, or an oil in their in their in their feed. They, um, man, salt blocks. You name it. Like they get it. We we. I tend to pay more attention to my horse sometimes than myself. Did I comb my hair today? Oh, but I better brush my horse's mane. You know, that's kind of how it is for, for us and our horses. We love them. Yeah, it sounds like they're getting the royal spa treatment. Always. Oh, spa. You mean they get their toenails clipped uh, every five to six weeks. They get vet work when they need it. They Trust me, they massaged chiropractic. Some girls even do psychic readings with their horses. So yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Sounds like a lot of maintenance, but you do it because you love them and you love spending the time with them, which is absolutely, you know, uh, like I said, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be doing what, what we, what we do. And, and, I, and, and they enjoy it too. They come up to us, our horses come up to us and want to be petted on and scratched and brushed. And they, they honestly, they love it. They love it. They love it as much as we love it. So it makes us happy. And you're a Canadian ladies barrel racing champion. What kind of connection do you need to have with your horse to get to that level? Oh, well, you know, I think, I think it's, I, I feel as if when I, when I, when I was a champion on Wicked was her name, Little Miss Wicked was my horse's name that I rode to get the championship because it's really her championship in my mind. Um, she, um, she, it was as if we were one, like we, when I was on her back riding, I felt as if I had wings because of her. I felt free. I, 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 ah, it's hard to explain. You know, it's just a oneness that we have a connection. It's a, 
yeah, we're, we're champions. We were champions before we were a champion. Does that make sense? Like we knew that we had already won the championship before even getting the gold buckle. So it was, it's a, it's a, it's a dynamic that is very hard to explain. Um, because there's an energy connection between us. I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's a divine force. Uh, I don't know. I it was like God, God gave me this horse for a specific reason. And, and how lucky am I? And I better not waste it. Mm-hmm. And you didn't. <laughs> and I didn't. And I didn't. And we didn't. Because like I said, this was her, this was her time to shine. Um, my brother, uh, my brother and my, my dad's, uh, second wife, um, my mom had passed away, uh, from breast cancer. And my, my dad had another wife who was really, uh, someone I looked up to in the barrel racing world and everyone looked up to her. She was a legend. And, um, she had, we were looking at our horses one day and we had this yearling in the pen with all these other horses. So a yearling is a horse that is one years, one year old. We call him a yearling. She um, come out and looks at our horses and I respect her opinion. And she goes, that one and pointed at Wicked, that one is uh, gonna, is, is the one that I would pick. And I'm like, looks like a yearling to me. Like, I don't know how she would pick Wicked over all the other horses that I had. And then my brother um, said to me too, he goes, uh, and he's kind of like a holistic uh, naturopath, kind of a guru. And he said, pointed at Wicked and said, she's going to take you to the top. And okay, what does top mean? Like, I, there's so many tops. What does that really mean? Right. And so yeah, here we go. We got uh, a Canadian champion, uh, and I never knew uh, she was that. She might have not. She might have known that, though. Wicked might have known that, but I, I didn't know. And and yeah, you know how lucky how lucky did we get? How how blessed are we? Mm-hmm. Things just fell into place. They, it was right. Everything was it, right. It all worked. Yeah. How did you two train together to get to that high level of success? Oh man, when I first started training Wicked, she uh, we would have an argument for the first 10 minutes of every ride. She thought she knew it all and I thought I knew it all. So uh, we just kind of butted heads. And, um, and that happened for maybe about a year. And then after that year, there was kind of a... I want to say a, ah, like we came to a common ground. I would give her credit for the things she knew and she would let me train her for new things for, you know, to get a little bit further ahead to, and then one day she just wanted to make a run and I'm thinking she's only four years old. Mm, Let's just, I just want to keep going slow and making sure you do it correct, Wicked. Let's just go slow. She's like, nope, I'm gonna go fast. Well, I thought, okay, well, let's go fast. Well, she like blew me away. I had tears in my eyes. I was like, what? 
Um, cause we were going so fast, you know, when you go fast, your eyes water. Well, that's what was happening to me. I'm thinking, what the heck just happened? Yeah. She, she knew that she could do it and it was time. So I let her and yeah, that's how, how our training went. It seemed very easy for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The trust seemed like it was there between you two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's almost as if I didn't trust myself at that point. Right. I, I had to trust in the training and let, she knew she was ready. I just had to let her be ready. Mm -hmm. How important is the mindset when you're training and doing something in the sport world? Like I know there's always highs and lows of everything. How do you keep a healthy mindset with everything? Mindset is 95% of our sport. And, and to be honest with you, I think It's, um, mindset is 95% of all sports. If you know you're a champion, you will be. So I think, uh, um, uh, training our mind to know that we're already winners is a big and an important role in, in any sport. So, um, I have put on some what I call retreats where we really uh, barrel racing retreats where we really talk about mindset and how important it is. Um, I teach girls how to, uh, you know, uh, stay present in the moment because uh, if you are worried about the past, uh, it keeps you stuck there. And that same error keeps happening over and over again. And if you uh, think about the future, well, um, who knows what the future will will bring us? So why even waste energy on worrying about the future? Why don't we just stay present? And the one thing that I've found for me that helps is through breath. When I go back to my breath, um, it gets me focused back uh, in the present moment. And I'm not worried at all about my horse. I'm not worried about the arena. I'm not worried about, uh, what other people think, because I know a lot of girls worry about what other people think and that all that stuff, uh, just causes confusion in my, in my mind. So, um, being present, uh, in the moment is awesome. The other thing I do too, is I, I envision my runs and usually it's the night before I'm laying in bed and I uh, close my eyes and I just think of the best run that I have ever had. And I envision that. And, and um, I, I think of it as I do it in three stages. I see it, I feel it, and then I trust it. So I see my run and then I feel them. And then the next step is I feel the, Uh, I feel the run. I can feel it in my body. I can feel that horse underneath me. I can, I can feel the crowd. I can feel the cheering. I can all that. And then I just, I give it up. I trust it. I give it up and know that I'm ready. So yeah, um, mindset is huge and, um, there's lots of different, um, exercises you can do to help mindset, but, but those two are, are um, the main ones that I do. Mm-hmm. I think those are great tips that anyone listening can take, not even with sport, but just anything in life, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
being present is uh, being present get, gets rid of anxiety, gets rid of anxiousness, gets rid of and brings joy. That's what it does for me. Apart from um, giving you all these techniques for a stronger mindset, what else has barrel racing brought you in life? Oh, barrel racing has uh, been a godsend. Uh, it has uh, brought my family together. Um, my husband is involved. My daughter is involved. Um, and my outside family is involved. You know, they love to come and watch. They love to be involved. They love, they ask me how things are. And, and, and so family-wise, we do it as a family. So um, that is uh, the one, the most important thing to me is my family when it comes to barrel racing. Um, the, the other thing, it's taught me to um, be think of others other than myself. Think of um, this animal that relies on me uh, 24-7. I, I provided its food. I provided its exercise. I, provided, I provide life for this horse, essentially. So um, it's brought me, it's taught me responsibility. The other thing uh, barrel racing has brought me is um, I've gotten to see this country of ours, like I have been from uh, the Vancouver Island uh, all the way to uh, Brandon, Manitoba, uh, all the way north to an hour south of the Yukon, uh, to Houston, Texas, to, you know, I've, I've seen this great country um, and seen places like we've crossed the Mighty Peace River with our truck and trailer on this tiny little um, uh, barge. Like it was ah, so cool. Um, and the other thing that barrel racing has brought me is friendship. Like I, the sure, I had friends in high school, but not quite like the friends I've had in high school rodeo. Um, these, these friends of, in high school rodeo have we have lots in common. We have a common denominator and that is rodeo. And so that um, in itself has kept them as lifelong friends. Sure, I keep in touch with the ones from high school, but my high school rodeo friends are the ones that has lasted a lifetime for me. So, uh, you know, the, the friendship, the camaraderie, the you know, instead of looking at it as competition, I look at it as, you know, we are um, complementing each other. We're not competing against each other. We're complementing each other and, and help when we can. And uh, it's, I could go on and on about barrel racing and what it's done for my life. It's, it's, um, it's changed it. Mm -hmm. I love hearing that. It gives me butterflies in my heart just to hear how passionate you are about the sport and I know someone listening to this podcast is going to take up barrel racing because of hearing you <laughs> talk about this because I you know I have no access to a horse but I want to go find one right now to give it a try feeling that you're giving me right now awesome you talked about your travels can you tell me some of your top highlights from barrel racing maybe in different cities Oh, let me think. Uh, oh, let me think about that. I got to think about the highlights uh, in different cities. 
Um, or just in general. Yeah. Um, well, uh, in general, seeing, seeing my girl uh, love the sport that I love, to me, is a highlight. I, 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 get, I get goosebumps, and I, I'm never nervous when I'm on my horse and making a run, but when my girl goes, I, I am so nervous. I just, ah, I just, I yell and I'm cheering and I'm, yeah, it's, it's crazy how much I love to see her love what I do. Um, oh, let's see. Um, oh, the other highlight I love is, uh, the, the horses that I've trained and I've sold to other women. I love seeing them do well on their horses. It, it, it's as if my kid is doing good on her horse too. You know, those girls who've bought horses from me are lifelong friends and uh, people that I would help at any time. Um, I, I, I love them and I'm grateful that they love my horses as much as I did or I do. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, you know, this doesn't seem much of a highlight to most people, but, uh, having breast cancer when I did, uh, was a highlight. And the reason why I say that is because um, even though I would never ever want anyone to get cancer, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to get cancer, um, but I'm kind of grateful I got it. And, and the reason is because it taught me how to live. Um, I, I, I realized that life is super short after that and that I better start enjoying it. And I better start, stop sweating all the small stuff and start enjoying all the richness around me, all these opportunities that I have. Um, and because of cancer, I started doing that. I, I chose not to live small any longer. You know, there was times in my life where I thought, oh, I'm gonna live, you know, I'm gonna maybe not try as hard because I want my friend to do better. You know, I want her to shine. Well, no, I'm not doing that any longer. And I'm going to live large so that other people can live large as well. I, if, when I live large, I show that others, you know, that they can do the same thing, you know? So uh, I, I, I choose, to, um, I choose to, to love life. That's what I choose. So, yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of things have been wonderful uh you know uh winning the canadian championship twice is a quite an incredible feat um but uh it's not so much about the championship or the gold buckle it to me it's about the journey along the way the the places i've seen the people i've met um the people who've helped me all that is is uh, that's the icing on the cake to me. I, I enjoy that part. And sure, don't get me wrong, there's been some times where, you know, uh, things haven't turned out the way I wanted them to, or thought that they would, or, you know, it, it hasn't always been rosy. Um, but, but since having cancer, those things that I always considered not rosy were actually just setting me on the path the way 
I should have been going in the first place. It's almost as if I, you know, I got a whisper. And if I didn't listen to that whisper, well, then I got a knock upside the head. And then if I didn't listen to the knock upside the head, then it was some, like it was breast cancer. So, you know, um, it, 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 it's teaching me to, to pay attention to the whispers now. Wow. I don't even know how to follow up from that. That was like a Ted talk (laughs) inspiration. And you're such a role model, just your outlook on life and the joy it's infectious. You just radiate this positivity. And I'm so grateful to be talking to you today just to kind of soak all this in. So thank you. Thank thank you. you. I I got 52 years of experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing some of it with us. I still have a few more questions, but I don't even know where to start. You gave me so many different paths. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about maybe um, the breeding of the horses where sport isn't just a sport for you. It's a lifestyle with breeding and training and this is your life. How did that come to be? Well, um, you know, we, we ended up buying a broodmare. We wanted to get into the breeding business Tony and I, my husband and I. Um, so we bought a broodmare off of uh, some, some people uh, an hour and a half north of where we live. And we kind of started off that way. And, you know, it's kind of as if God was intervening or you call it whatever you want. God, Buddha, banana, I, I, higher power. You know, it, to me, it's just a word. But there's, you know, there's more to this um, divine intervention uh, if you want to call it, than just a word. So we we are are we buy this broodmare. Well, she wasn't a broodmare at the time, but ended up being one. Got hurt, is our broodmare, and that's how it started. We we have this mare. We breed her one time a year. We get a foal in the spring, and I get what I get. Um, so that's exact that's essentially how it happened it was and um this broodmare has produced some awesome babies like wicked is one of them the one that that's won the canadian championship um my girl uh rides another um son and um from our broodmare reba is her name um from reba and she uh, has gone down to the high school rodeo finals in Huron, South Dakota last year and ended up uh, one round was fourth in the pole bending out of all these kids in the U.S. So to compete against um, national kids is pretty impressive and uh, fraternity and derby winners and uh, we've had some really, really nice horses out of Reba. And so same thing. It's like we've been given this this gift that uh, keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been very excited to ask this question because you're the first mother that we've had on the podcast. You have a daughter. Of course, she's in the sport as well. How important is it to you that not only that she's in your sport that you love and cherish, but that she's just physically active in general? Yeah, you know, super, super important. Um, uh, that you know, I, 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 when Kate was young, I could care less whether she got into rodeo or horses. I figured back then she was just going to save me a pile of money. 
So, <laughs> you know, I, at, at first I, uh, thought, you know, I'm okay with her not being involved. But then she chose to be involved and wanted to barrel race. And um, But to be honest with you, at first, when we first started high school rodeoing, she didn't want to. Um, you can start in grade six, so she didn't. We waited a year. She started in grade seven. And she um, had no friends. She didn't know anybody. She um, felt out of place um, uh, and just didn't want to do it. And so I, I said to her, and, and maybe wasn't competing with the higher level girls, the older girls, you know. And so I said to her, well, I think you need to just keep going and see, you know, just finish out the year and see what happens. So what happens usually in the fall, they go hard in the fall till October till the snow flies and then they, they stop from October till April and then they start up again April and May. So I said, let's go till October, we'll take a break, you start in again in April, you finish April and May and then you can decide. So she did that and uh, then she started making some friends and was a little bit more outgoing and, you know, uh, and her horse was, her and her horse were getting together more. They were making more runs. So it made them um, get a little faster. And uh, so, um, yeah, I'm kind of glad that I kept pushing her into it because now she would not quit like, I have to bribe her. I'm like, if your marks aren't good, you're not rodeo. And if you're, you know, if you don't get your chores done, you're not rodeo. And so I know for sure she's going to get it done because I know she wants to rodeo. Because now she has so many friends. And I know from my own experience, they're going to be lifelong friends. Um, and they get each other. You know, it's funny. Kids in the same sport, they kind of get each other. Whether it's hockey or baseball or or soccer or golfing, they they all kind of get they get each other. So yeah, I'm 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 grateful that um, that she's she's doing it. It makes me happy, and 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 I want her. I, I want her, like I talked about before, it's not a competition, it's, it's a complimenting. You know, these kids help each other out. If um, this happened at a rodeo, my kids, uh, Kate's, her reins broke. Those are the ones that you hang on to, to to steer your horse. Her reins had broken and the snap. And her friend took the reins off her horse and uh, put it on Kate's horse and off she went. So, you know, they really, really do... Um, they really want each other to, to do good, to, to be well. Mm -hmm. I, I can hear some of the parallels because for me it was dance and yeah. it was the same thing. If you don't get your homework done, you don't go to dance. And it was always dance as kind of that you need to get things done before. And there's something about my dance family. It's like school, everyone's there because they have to be there. But when you're with a group of people, and you all have the same mindset. You're all there because you want to be there. The bonds that are formed are unbreakable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And because you're in the same sport as your daughter, do you think it's important that mothers lead by example to show their daughters what can be possible through sport, whether it's the same sport or something different? Absolutely. I think uh, 
in, in, in horses, if you look at our broodmare Reba, she passes a lot of those traits on to her children. And, and, and trust me, I'm not trying to um, compare humans to horses. However, there is some kind of parallel there where um, mothers, I think, um, pass a lot of their traits on to their children, and especially daughters. Um, and so, yes, I think, and, and even with me now being a high school rodeo director, a barrel racing director, I want to lead by example. I want those kids um, to dress the part. I want them to play the part. I want them to act um, professional. I want them, because when they become a professional, I want them, I want them to just walk. It's going to be a cakewalk because they've already been there, done that. It's going to be a piece of cake. So, um, yes, it's important for me to um, show them the way, you know, to guide them, but yet let them make choices. Although there's many times that I want to make the choice for Kate, but uh, yeah, there, I, I'm, I'm slowly learning that, yes, um, I need to guide, but I don't need to control. Mm -hmm. Well put. Well, with someone like you showing what can be possible to girls, I know that you're already inspiring so many people to reach their full potential. And with this podcast, hopefully even expand that further. Well, absolutely. I think this, the podcasts are a great idea great idea. Nice. And, and I, I can't wait to uh, send my girls, uh, my high school rodeo girls your way. Uh, I think um, the more knowledge these kids can, can get from others who've kind of been there, done that, uh, the, the better it is, the easier it will be for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can learn from someone else's mistakes. And even just to say, oh my goodness, there's a, a strong, empowered Canadian woman doing something that I never thought was imaginable. So if she can do it, I certainly can at least give it a try. Absolutely. If I can do it, anyone can do it. And, and I learned more from losing than I ever did from winning. Mm, very true. The life lessons. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyone can win, but it takes someone very strong to lose and keep going and get better. Absolutely. And learn from that, right? Like that's, I think that's what losing is all about. Like I, I sure, trust me, don't get me wrong. I love to win. I'm, I, I'm very competitive and I love to win. However, I've learned so much, so much from losing uh, and, and to not, not make those mistakes any longer. And like I said before, I call it a mistake. It's never a mistake. It's always a mistake, a misstep, a misguidance, a miss, because it can always be corrected. You see, all those things can be corrected. Mm -hmm. I just love your outlook. I, oh. I feel like after talking to you today, I can go take on the world. It's been such a joy talking to you today on the podcast. I can't wait to see what else you get up to and how many girls will come and message us after saying, I tried it because of listening to this. So. Nancy, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Erin. I really appreciate you reaching out to me. I, I, I hope uh, other girls uh, uh, reach for the stars. Go for it. Don't hold back. 
That's all the time we have for this week on the You Go Girl podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to hear from more amazing Canadian women in sport.